Welcome to the Worship Generation Radio Ministry with Pastor Joey Baran, a ministry of Worship Generation Church in Fountain Valley, California. For more information, please visit us at www.worshipgeneration.com. Now let's join Pastor Joey as we study through the Bible. Okay, so tonight we're going to be in 2 Samuel chapter 22. And as we come to chapter 22, the first verse of chapter 22, David, it says that this is the song of David when the Lord delivered him from all of his enemies, including Saul. And so this is a song of David that pretty much takes up the entire chapter, and it's a praise to God for his deliverance over his life. Which is interesting, considering like how much David went through, and depending on how you frame David's life, one could say, did God really deliver him? Because he sure went through a lot of stuff, but through the eyes of faith and the way he would see it, of course God brought him through everything, all of his hardships, all of his heartaches, all of his mistakes, God was over it. It is also almost identical to Psalm 18. So in the first book of Psalms, when David was, the first, hundred, the first 41 Psalms are written by David, and you'll see in Psalm 18, it almost matches up identically to this, this one here, the same song. So we get it, you know, you get the double. It's in the Bible twice, basically, for a good reason. But again, the context of 22.1 is that this is what David spoke to the Lord when the Lord had delivered him out of the hand of his enemies. And so he had enemies early on. He had enemies later on. And the Lord delivered him from, from them all. So we can say like one of these songs that we might sing from a long time ago, like Open Eyes My Heart, Lord, that's from the late 90s. We could sing that tonight. It meant something in 99 when we were singing it before Y2K. It means something else in 2022 when we're singing it uh, post-COVID or what we're, whatever it is we're still in right now. All right. So with that background, as he poured out his heart and sang this song to the Lord, and as he came in sort of like the middle of this in uh, right about 29, verse 29, 30, he says something very profound in verse 31 after saying that the lord was his lamp that the lord enlightened his darkness that he could run against a troop he could leap over a wall i mean he's just superman with the lord in his life and then he says in verse 31 as for god his way is perfect the word of the lord is proven he is a shield to all who trust in him so as for god see we all know here tonight gathered as a church There's only two worldviews to live your life by. One, with the fear of the Lord, that God made everything, creator, sustainer of all things. He's Lord of the universe, created with design and order. He's the creator. He sent his son to die on the cross for our sins, to rise from the grave for our hope and justification. He is seated at the right hand of the Father, and he is coming again in glory. That is a biblical worldview where God is the center of the universe. And of course, we're told that all things are made by Christ and for Christ and him, all things are sustained and held together. So this is the right worldview, WG. So yeah, thumbs up. We have the right worldview. That is the worldview. And we're told in this worldview, when we give our lives to Christ, he becomes the author and finisher of our faith. So this worldview, this biblical worldview is comes, it begins with receiving Christ as Lord and Savior, being born of the Spirit, and being transformed from glory to glory until the journey's done. He's the author, Jesus, and the finisher of our faith. But there's another worldview, and that's the godless worldview. 
That's the worldview of all the human philosophies that are opposed to Jesus Christ, which does include world religions, because the world religions are in opposition to Jesus Christ. So while there's many, while there are some truths in some world religions, principles of how you treat your neighbor, things like that, they're there. They're not exclusive to Christianity as to how you might treat people. Christianity is unique in that we're, we're the only world faith by which we're saved through faith. We're not earning our salvation, but we receive our salvation. So that is distinct, right? So the, the biblical worldview is very distinct, right? Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father but through me. That is very exclusive. But again, we know it's inclusive because as many as come to him or as receive him, he gives them the right to become the children of God. So it's inclusive. And we're the church and we are under these blessings and we represent these truths. But the alternative is, is not as for God, as for man. As for man, he comes up with gods of his own doing. So angry men have angry gods. Violent men have violent gods. Sensual men have sensual gods. And so on and so forth. Monkey men have monkey gods. Darwinism. Or tagpole gods, really. So it's Christ, the center of the universe, that worldview, or everything opposed to Christ, which ultimately, we're told, comes under Satan. For we're told the whole world lies under the sway of the wicked one. We know that when Adam and Eve sinned, that they forfeited the rights of the planet and the stewardship of the planet to Satan. Thus, Satan is called the God, little g, of this age, the prince of the power of the air. The spirit of disobedience now works in the sons and daughters of disobedience. And we don't wrestle against human governments, per se, or people next door, we wrestle against principalities and powers, spiritual forces that are organized, coming and working in our dimension from a different dimension. So there really is just, is as for God, his worldview, what he has for you and me, for his church and humanity on planet Earth. And as for man, again, so we can put Karl Marx, um, Communist Manifesto, all that kind of stuff, and all the different philosophies of men, the, the Greek philosophies, and we just put them all there and just say, as for men, this is what men see. And when you talk to men and women who have these worldviews, you go like, how can you even live like that? Like, how's that, like, how's that, it's so hopeless and so uncertain. Whereas our worldview, as for God, is full of hope and assurance because we know that the Spirit affirms our spirit, that we belong to the Lord, and these things are true. So when we're born of the Spirit, we have the affirmation of the Spirit that we belong to the Lord, and we're told that we're sealed by the Spirit until the day of redemption. Yeah, I really feel sorry for the lost world. But the world's going to be the world in every generation, and the church is going to be the church in every generation until the king comes back for his bride, which he's going to do. So as we have that background, and we think about as for God, I would like to contrast that for as for man. Because 80 years of living is testing, trials, tribulations, and tragedy, as we talk about. It rains on the just and the unjust. And how people can go through 80 years of the human experience without faith in Jesus Christ is just beyond me. Because as I said many times, a bad day with Jesus is better than the best day without him. But they do. But tonight we want to focus on the positive of as for God as it applies to the church. For me personally, when I read this in Psalm 18, in 1987, this was one of the first promises I really laid hold of in my life. I actually highlighted it in my Schofield Bible, and it became a verse that I quoted a lot of times in the first year I was walking with the Lord. I would tell people, you know, God's way is perfect. Oh, his word's proven. Oh, he's a shield. He'll protect you. 
And I was coming from this verse, but from the Psalm 18 version of it. But it's the exact same as it is in Psalm 18. So as for God, his way is perfect. Let's think about tonight as a church of Jesus Christ. And let's be reminded of the promises of God that when we're in Christ, as for God applies to us. It applies to us. His way is perfect. Isn't that nice to know, worship generation? For your personal life, for your marriage, if you're married, for your parenting, if your kids are small or grown up, for being a grandparent, when you look at your grandkids and you realize, you know, they'll finish this journey when I'm long gone. I mean, ideally, that would be the normal flow of things. And I don't get unsettled when I think, like, what's it going to be like for my grandkids when they're 25 and I'm gone or something? I say, yes, for God, his way is perfect. He sustained me, he'll sustain them. And an uncertain future, Jesus Christ and the word of God and his promises are always going to be certainty and a hope that's an anchor to the soul. His way is perfect. And so I want to remind us tonight, as we are living by faith, because the last thing says, he is a shield to all who trust in him. So trust in him really is the key to this thought in this one verse here. But as for God, his way is perfect. Now, when we read the word perfect in the New Testament, it implies mature. That as many of you are of a, you know, a perfect mind, have this mind. The idea is that mature, or it's complete. Even in Hebrews, it talks about Jesus being perfected. That Greek word really implies the idea, not that he's being made perfect from imperfection, but he's being completed in what he came to do as the Savior. Not so here. This Hebrew word perfect means perfect. Or as he would say, without blemish, right? Sin is to miss the mark. We've heard that for years, even decades for some of us. Perfect is to be without blemish. God is holy. God is light in him. There's no darkness at all. God is perfect. Morally. In his universe, in the multi-dimensions that make up his universe, his character, his actions are perfect. So we read like, it's impossible for God to lie. He won't lie. He would never lie. In a self-determined universe where human beings creating his image can make choices, good or bad, in his perfection, it's like a giant chessboard where he negates all the bad decisions when it's all said and done in the next dimension. Or whatever causes you heartache and sorrow and grief in this life, you won't even remember in the next dimension. So don't get too riled up over it. He's perfect. His way is perfect. His way is to be saved through faith in Jesus Christ, which is why we're gathered here tonight and singing these songs with Danny Donnelly leading us in worship or Scott Cunningham coming up this week. Our songs are Christ-centered. The focus of our hymns, our, our praise songs, our choruses are Christ-centered because we're worshiping him who is perfect. God made him who knew no sin to become sin for us that we could become the righteousness of God. So he's the perfect life. Jesus is the perfect man walking on earth. He never sinned. He's the perfect teacher. He lived the perfect life, and he's the perfect savior to die in our place. Everything about the life and ministry of Jesus Christ is perfect, flawless. There's no blemish in the life of Jesus. The more we hang out with each other, we'd know our blemishes pretty quick. <laughs> you live in the same neighborhood, you're going to find, you can have your blemishes. They're going to be there. Oh, they're grumpy today. Oh, that's a bad day in the neighborhood, right? Like Jesus in Nazareth and throughout Jerusalem and Galilee and all that he did, there's nowhere he ever went that you could come against him as a blemish. He was perfect. He's the perfect savior. He's also the perfect creator. God's way is perfect. When you look at Genesis 1 and 2, the universe is perfect. Everything is perfect. It was good, it was good, it was good, it was good. Adam and Eve had a role and a purpose. 
as a created being, created in his image. She's the perfect woman, naked and unashamed. He's the perfect man, naked and unashamed. And they were superhumans, and there was no flaw. They were without blemish. That's an amazing thought right now. And all of humanity was within their DNA to be reproduced as they had offspring. They just never had perfect offspring. The fall came before that. And so the imperfection and all the mutated forms of what goes wrong with us mentally, emotionally, spiritually, and physically were passed on physically and spiritually because in Adam all sin and die. So when they sinned, Adam and Eve died. It took a long time, but the long game with God always plays out. And we died too. But Christ died so to have victory over our spiritual death and make us alive. Christ died to have victory over our physical death and raise us from the grave. And Christ were risen. And as he is the first fruits, we too will be glorified like him in the same perfection he is in his glorified body. And to have the eternal life with, with God in the next dimension where there's no more tears and no more sorrows. That's perfection. So the universe was created with perfection. As for God, his way is perfect. Everything was perfect. There's no, there's no animals eating other animals. There's no mutated animals. There's, there's just... It's a happy-go-lucky vegan world. Truly. That's what God made. Trillions of galaxies. Everything is perfect. Perfect. God's not an almost-perfect creator. See, since... The concepts of Darwinism, as for man and Darwinism, their idea is that somehow God is demented and that through mutated struggles and all these things, that there's this upward movement from a rock becoming alive to becoming a tadpole, to becoming a monkey, to becoming you, which is just almost as insane as thinking men get pregnant. But, you know, if you check out your brain at the door of common sense, let alone biblical worldview, you're headed for a slippery slope where it can take you. But there's perfection in design and order. There was no error. And what's so profound about this, in the, even the uh, micro world of cells and molecular structure, no error before sin. No viruses, just healthy cells. We've all seen a little red ball for COVID, little spikes on it and everything, right? It's kind of ugly. Like, oh, there it is, the COVID virus. Most of you by now have had COVID. Maybe if you haven't. I spoke to someone in my neighborhood just last week that has not yet had COVID. I was like, well, He's a smoker, too, so go figure, right? Because of the studies that have shown that smokers are less inclined to get COVID, I, I read all about that. Like, it's so weird. I'm like, <laughs> just add it to everything else in 2022. But that little virus ball is like, oh, it's ugly. And Mr. Foster, Jeremy Foster, who's the associate pastor here for years, is a brilliant mind. Of course, the, I mean, the Fosters are all brilliant. Danny's like a nuclear scientist telling nuclear sub commanders how their subs work for the Navy. And he's like 22 or 23. Emily's like flies airplanes at 17 and she's at Air Force Academy. So let's just say they're a really smart family. Jeremy's extremely intelligent. He taught biology for years at Calvary Schools in seventh grade. Occasionally, I would have a conversation with Jeremy for the seven years he was full-time as an associate pastor about different things like science. I'm like, well, you know, I'm the guy that didn't. My idea of science is like offshore winds and a combo swell, a tamarack. That's surf talk for saying all the sciences are working together for good for surfing right now. His is like the thinking man science. And what always amazed me, this one conversation we had, I'll never forget it, is explaining to me healthy cells and bad cells. 
what healthy cells look like and cancerous cells. And it began to pull stuff up on Google, and it began to show me viruses. Like, look at this virus. Look at that virus. I'm like, oh, my goodness, they're all so ugly. He's like, yeah. He goes, that's sin. Those things didn't exist before sin. All you and I had was a healthy body before sin. In Adam, ladies, Eve was your perfect woman, and you come from her. And she didn't have one bad cell in her body. And men, you come from Adam, and we did not have one bad cell. We're in his loins, and there was no bad cell. There was no virus. And all the animals doing everything they did in their happy little vegan world, there wasn't any bad cells. And the entire universe, whatever goes out there in time, space, and matter, it was all in order without any dysfunction whatsoever. But see, for the Darwinists, they say, well, as for man and his monkey worldview, it's all chaos. It's all by accident. And again, you know, not to focus on this, but we understand how it justifies murdering hundreds of millions, and I do mean hundreds of millions of innocent people with the uh, Karl Marx's worldviews, Communist Manifesto, and these types of things, not to mention Hitler and what he did, but even the Soviets and the tens of thousands that Stalin killed, because God in their world is Mother Russia. It's the hammer and sickle. It's the work of men and the harvest of the earth, Mother Russia. And that's how they think in the Soviet Union. That's how they thought. And to some degree, they, some still think that way. Having been there, I can say that. Their government was their God. Their government was their God. Devoid of God. And thus, Stalin can kill 50 million people, including Gorbachev's grandparents, who are Ukrainian. And of course, the great irony for me with Russia is that all four of Gorbachev's grandparents who are Ukrainian died in gulags, prison camps of Russia. Forty years later, he's educated in Moscow, becomes the brightest man in all of Russia as a Ukrainian, and overthrows the Soviet Union. Gorbachev. Isn't that amazing? <laughs> Just proof that God catches the wise and own craftiness, and the weakness of God is stronger than the strength of men, and the wisdom of God is wiser than the, the foolishness of God is wiser, stronger, wiser than the wisdom of men. Yeah, don't, we, don't worry about anything. God's playing the long game. As for God, his way is perfect. See, that's such an imperfect worldview. So when these governments and these people and these philosophies get boxed in by their worldviews, and what do we do? Our real estate's collapsing, China. Our currency's collapsing, quite a few countries. We can't get energy, Europe. We've sanctioned the Russians, but now we shot ourselves in the foot, Europe. And so on and so forth, like... This is, the, this is, as for men, they're trying to figure it out in the wisdom of men, and it's folly. But we don't have that. We're the church. As for God, his way is perfect. So our creator who made everything perfect, we know whatever he does, it's perfect without blemish. This universe that we see still has a remnant of that perfection. But alas, we do see those little spiky viruses, don't we? But that's not what God made. And by the way, it's blasphemous. Let me say that again. It is blasphemous for anyone who confesses Christ to put that on Jesus. Adam is the author of death, not God. So don't make God some strange, twisted mind with mutated things, with Cro-Magnum men, through the process of death, 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 and mutation. That is the farthest thing from the nature and the character and the revelation of God to us from himself to his church. So forget that. That's for demented men who kill innocent people and take, 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 and justify. But as for God, his way is perfect. So we know we live in an imperfect world where things go wrong. People we love die. Things happen. Our animals die a slow, agonizing death that's hard to watch. Just things happen that are difficult, that happen in life. People are cruel and malicious and selfish and narcissistic. 
This is the world we live in, but that's not on God. So when we come to Christ, that's where God, his way is perfect. We know that through faith in Jesus Christ, we are completely saved by faith. That's a perfect way. It is not a, it's not maybe a perfect way like 99.9. We're reminded tonight in this text that the way of the cross is 100% perfect, without blemish, to save you and me to the uttermost. And when we come and bow the knee at the foot of Jesus at the cross and receive Christ as Lord and Savior, we are saved. Saved past, present, future. Saved for all the dimensions. And we're sealed by the Holy Spirit under the blood. And it's perfect. We have a perfect, complete salvation through our faith in Jesus Christ. We're not coming here hoping as we sing these songs, some new man or woman will rise to lead us to the promised land where it saves all the economic world that we know and solves all of our health care issues and our ecosystem issues. <laughs> We're singing songs to the one who has perfectly, who is perfect, has perfectly saved us, and has a perfect plan for our life. As for God, his way is perfect. See, this is the part of the verse that really spoke to me in 1987. Because in 1987, God was calling me to let go of all these things in my life. My sinful life, friends, all these things that I knew. Just let it go. The whole identity I built for 26 years, God was saying, let it go. All of it. And I'm like, well, I mean, that's, a, that's big. You know, like, this is all I know. This is my identity. And by the way, of course, this is why it's so hard for people to get saved as they get older. Because the older you get, you have your identity at 40, 50, 60, 70. So who wants to change your identity and admit they lived 70 years of their life wrong when they were young and strong and admit in their deathbed that they were wrong and the whole life was wrong and it was all a lie and be like the thief on the cross. It is availed to us, but rarely is it responded by us. The Billy Graham Evangelistic Association in their materials point out that the vast majority of people that ever get saved get saved in their teen years. The numbers are astronomically high, and they just go way down. Not that elderly people can't be saved. They can. But think how hard it is to get you and me to admit we're wrong, and we walk with Jesus at 61. Think how hard it is for you and me to say we're wrong at 61. We're like Worsted Fonzie. I was... Like, it takes me days to say I was wrong. And I know I'm wrong. And I've got Jesus helping me. How much harder for those that have hardened their hearts against the Lord for 60, 70 years and supported everything evil against his kingdom that is good, perfect, true, light, holiness, and praiseworthy and honorable. No, the world does not trust in God in his perfect way, but the church does. So we're reminded tonight, like David, the foreshadow of Christ, like David, the man after God's own heart, the woman after God's own heart that we can all look to, we're reminded that we, as a people of faith who trust in God, can know that God's way is perfect. For his university made was perfect. The first two chapters of Genesis, the dimension we're going to is perfect. The last two chapters of Revelation, 21 and 22. His plan of redemption between Genesis 3 and Revelation 20, perfect. For 6,000 years so far of human history. It's perfect. His foreshadows and types of salvation with Abraham and Isaac on Mount Moriah. All the, uh, the Passover lamb and all these things. Unleavened bread. Perfect, 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 perfect. To bring us right to Jesus on Golgotha. And the place of the skull. The same place where Abraham took Isaac 2,000 years before. It's all perfect. The redemption plan. And from the, dawn of creation, from the dawn of the church with the book of Acts, perfect, 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 perfect. Peter, the fisherman who denied him three times, preaching like no one's business on the day of Pentecost, 3,000 people getting saved. And all the ups and downs of 28 chapters of the book of Acts, plus 2,000 years of church history, we see the beauty of it all when we really look at God's handiwork and the beauty of what he does 
It's perfect what he's doing in his church, which for each one of us individually, we need to be reminded that we can trust God with this perfect plan in our life. So whether I saw, I saw a new for sale sign in my neighborhood today. Man's not perfect. We have plans. We trust people. It goes well. We trust people. It doesn't go well. God's way is perfect. So whether you're selling your house and moving to Texas or Florida or Idaho or anywhere else in between, we can trust him to lead us in his perfect plan. Or we're saying, you stay here. Because, you know, like, if everyone starts selling your houses, you ever get that panic attack? I don't know why, but when I saw the house, I'm like, oh, another person leaving California? I'm not leaving California. And we're definitely not selling real estate on Eden Beach. And it's got an ebb and flow. We're like the Chinese. We're playing the long game. Or more importantly, we're like Jesus. We're playing the long game. You've been listening to the Worship Generation Radio Ministry with Pastor Joey Baran. If you would like more information about the ministry of Worship Generation, visit us online at www.worshipgeneration.com where you can listen to the podcast of today's entire message. You can also find us on Instagram, Facebook, and our church YouTube channel. Worship Generation is located at 10350 Ellis Avenue in Fountain Valley, California. Our service times are Saturday evenings at 6 p.m. and Tuesdays at 7 p.m. For more information about Pastor Joey personally, you can follow him on his Instagram, Facebook, or YouTube channel. Thanks for listening, and God bless.